glorify your name again this morning, Jesus. Oh, God, we magnify the Lord. We magnify the Lord again today. Jesus, I praise you, Jesus. Oh, God, I magnify your name. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord Jesus this morning. Oh, he's so worthy. He's so worthy. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. What a Lord we serve. Amen. Praise God. To the second book of the chapter of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, starting with verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. And I want to minister to you from this thought today. The day that changed the world. The day that changed the world. Father, we praise you. Lord, we thank you again today. We feel your presence. We love your presence. We thank you for your presence in this place today, Lord Jesus. And we're asking you, God, to be with us. We seek your wisdom. We seek your knowledge, your directions, and guidance. Let us not leave the way we came, God, but let us leave changed and renewed and refreshed in the Holy Ghost. And we give you all glory. We give you all honor. We give you all power. And we give you all praise in Jesus' precious, precious name. Amen. And you may be seated. The day that changed the world. Luke who is credited with being the author of both the Gospel of Luke and the Acts of the Apostles, seems to spring with writing from what seems to be as a man on a quest to find out an answer to a story of a man called Jesus Christ. He seems to have been commissioned by a man by the name of Theophilus, but little is known of this man called 
Theophilus. The name Theophilus means a friend of God or a Christian. So is Luke writing to one individual or some royal status or is he writing to the church. I think it's the latter. I think he's trying to educate the saints of God and the church on the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In his epistle, I mean the gospel of Luke chapter 1, Luke begins his gospel by opening up by saying, for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth uh, and order a declaration of those things uh, which are most surely believed amongst us, uh, even as they delivered them unto us, uh, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers uh, of the word. Uh, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things, uh, from the very first, uh, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, uh, that thou mightest uh, know the certainty of those things wherein uh, thou hast been instructed. Uh, so apparently, Theophilus, or should I say, the saints of God, uh, should already have knowledge uh, of what Luke is writing about uh, and what he's trying to enlighten them uh, and to bring them to an understanding. So his purpose for writing is to give order of the narrative of life of Jesus Christ as seen by eyewitnesses. You see, Jesus had said in the book of Isaiah, You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Beside me there was no God formed, Neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. So Luke seems to put pen to, to bring this narrative of the gospel of Jesus Christ into focus. This was a universal gospel of grace of God. In other words, it fits everybody, and it fits every situation. It is a gospel that emphasizes Christ's sympathetic attitude towards the poor and a lowly and an outcast people. It is a gospel of devotion. It emphasizes prayer. It contains prayer and finding grace in the sight of God. It strikes a note of joy and praise. And he closes it with the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But then, all of a sudden, from the gospel of Luke, Luke seems that on his quest to have found some newfound information, he seemed to have unfolded a nugget of gold out of the riverbed. He seems to have found a treasure in the field. And so he reaches back 
again and he picks up his pen and he begins to write to Theophilus again and in Acts 1 he says the former treaties I have made known O Theophilus you see the treaties was an essay it was a letter or it was a book that he had written of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he through the Holy Ghost have given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem but wait for the promise of the Father which you have heard of me for John truly baptized with water but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence when they therefore was come together they asked of him saying Lord wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel and he said unto them it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father have put in his own power but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and to the uttermost parts of the whole earth. Luke's seems to be the only one of the gospel writers that seem to search for more. Matthew ends his gospel with these words. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, O power, and it's given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I had commanded you. And lo, I am with you even unto the ends of the world. Amen. Mark ends his gospel with the Great Commission and Mark 16, 15. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. If they drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord have spoken unto them, he received up in the heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. The Lord working with them and confirmed the word with signs following. Amen. John ends his gospel with these words as a whole lot more 
to tell, but I don't have the time, John says, to write it on paper. John 20, 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Chapter 21, 25. And there are many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they were been written, everyone, I suppose, that even the world itself could not contain the books that should have been written. But Luke, some reason, seems to end his gospel in just a little bit different. And he says in Luke 24, 50, and he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven, and the worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising God. Amen. But Luke seems to have the time to get with witnesses and to tell us what happened after the ascension. And that's why he kicks off the second chapter. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord at one place. And suddenly there came from heaven as as a Russian money win. And it filled all the house where there was sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. You see, there was three times that every male 20 years and older was required to go to Jerusalem to worship. The first was the Passover, to commemorate the deliverance by God out of the hands of Egypt. And this day had already passed. The second day was Pentecost, to commemorate the giving of the law in the wilderness. And the third day was the Feast of Tabernacles, which was to commemorate, amen, the giving of thanks and the provision in the wilderness. It was this day and this time that God knew that the majority of the people would be in Jerusalem for to celebrate. It was the summertime. It was the end of the wheat harvest. It was a time that he knew that many would be in that city. It was a conumination and fulfillment of many prophetic words of God. It was a fulfillment that had to take place from the creation. Amen. It was a fulfillment that God would bring forth a newness of life. It was a new thing that was about to be given. Joel had prophesied that in 
the last days, said God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughter will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And upon my servants and handmaidens would I pour out of that day of my spirit. And they shall prophesy. It was the fulfillment of the prophet Isaiah when he says, Single barren, thou did not bear. Break forth in the singing. Cry out aloud, thou did not travail. For more of the children of the desolate than the children of the married wife. Expand the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtain of your habitation. Fear not, God says, for you shall break forth on the right hand. And on the left hand, you shall inherit the seeds of the Gentiles, and you shall, amen, inhabit cities that had been desolated. It was still a part of that same prophetic move by Isaiah when he says, Oh, everyone that thirsts, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come buy wine and milk without money and with Without price, wherefore will you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken unto me, come, eat, and let your soul delight itself in fatness, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. It was a fulfillment of Ezekiel when he walked into the temple and he saw waters gushing out from the sides of the altar. And he measured a thousand, and the water was at his ankle. He measured a second thousand, and the waters was at his knees. He measured another thousand, and the water was at his waist. He measured another thousand, and the waters was at his chest. Waters to swim in. And everywhere that these waters went, it would be for the healing of the land. It was these waters that Jesus told the woman and John 4, I will be in you a well of water springing up unto eternal life. It would be these waters that Jesus stood in John 7 in the last day, that great day of the feast, and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. For out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, that they that believed on him should receive, because Jesus was not yet glorified. But on this day that Luke wrote, God had already been glorified. He had risen and Pentecost swung into play. Praise God. It would be this day that would never be the same again. Not only for them, but those of us who would come and to relationship 
with Jesus Christ on our own personal Pentecost. It would make a total difference in our lives. It would be a day that would change every one of our lives that has an experience with the baptism and the filling of the Holy Ghost of Jesus Christ. It represents your new birth when you receive the Holy Ghost and is baptized in Jesus' name. That becomes your personal Pentecost. This was the day that changed the entire world. It was the day that Joel had said was going to come. It was that day, amen, that would change lives forever. It was a day of deliverance. It became a day of healing. It became a day of obtaining peace. It became a day of salvation. It became a day of newness of life. It became a day that turned the world upside down. God's law, as he had prophesied by Jeremiah 31, 13, he says, I will write my law in their hearts and in their minds, and they all would know me. From the youngest to the oldest, the law of God was now being put inside of them. It was a day that brought joy. It was a day that brought love. It was a day that brought peace and mercy and grace and forgiveness of sin. It was a day which brought new hope into our lives. It was a day that removed guilt and brought laughter. As one songwriter said, it would have been enough if he'd have brought peace. It would have been enough if he'd have brought joy. It would have been enough if he'd have brought life. But it brought laughter into my soul. It turned hate into love. It turned hearts back to God. As Mordecai, amen, had said to Esther, who knows if you've not been brought to the kingdom for such a time as this. Pentecost was this to restore everything that the worm and the caterpillar and the enemy had eaten up. Praise God. Pentecost was new possibilities. One could start afresh and could start anew and could become a new creation in Christ Jesus. It could be enlightened to bring them out of darkness unto the marvelous light. As Peter says, you are chosen generation. You are royal priesthood. You are a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him that has called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Pentecost brought newness of life. You would never thirst again for the things of this world. You can have a well, Jesus said of water springing up in you unto eternal life. It was a day that would turn from evil to good, sins to righteousness, and death to life. It was a day that could learn. We could learn how 
to endure, how to edify, how to enjoy newness of life. It could become children of God. It would be a day that would give us a heart of compassion and a heart to care and a heart to consider God and others. It would be a day of total obedience to Christ and to His Word and to His church. It would be a day that would teach us about salvation and bless us that every one of us could be saved. It was a day that truth will make you free. Praise God. Luke said he was seen 40 days of them teaching them and showing them. Amen. 40 days. But Pentecost was 50 days. So that means from the time he ascended, they had 10 days to pray, to seek God. For his direction. Now some scholars say that they made one big mistake. In that ten days. And that they chose Matthias. To replace Judas. Without seeking the Lord. Is that true? I don't know. Because later. Paul would be chosen. You read nothing about Matthias. But you read about the Apostle Paul being chosen later on to become the, amen, to the Gentiles. Amen. Hallelujah. It would culminate what John said of him. He shall baptize you. I baptize you with water. But he would baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. He would baptize you with the Spirit. Amen. And fire. His power. His authority to destroy sin, to destroy evil, and to works of the devil. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. And I want you to know that your personal Pentecost is a day that has changed your life. It is a day of peace that you should be a new creature in Christ Jesus. It should not be the same as you were before you came into contact with him. This brought newness of life. This brought hope. This brought peace. This brought joy into your soul. I come to tell you today, if you have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. For your salvation is nearer than when we first believe. Now you can be filled. Now you can be overflowing with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Now is the acceptable time to grow nigh to God, to grab hold of Him, and to be rechanged, and to be renewed in the power of His Spirit. Praise God. Let's stand this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Maybe you're here this morning. 
Hallelujah. And you have an experience. This experience. Uh, maybe it's been a long time since you got drunk in the Holy Ghost. Uh, maybe you, it's been a long time that you felt what you felt on day one. Amen. Most of us remember that first day. Amen. And sometimes we begin a little complacent uh, and we may speak a few words here and a few words there, but we don't just get drunk. And get excited uh, like we did uh, when we first received that experience. Uh, If you notice the early church, uh, amen, what did they do when they received the gift uh, of the Holy Ghost? uh, They continued steadfast uh, in the apostles' doctrine, breaking bread and prayer. And they went everywhere preaching the word of God uh, with signs following in the Lord added to the church uh, daily such as to be saved. I'm afraid that there's too many Pentecostals that has been filled with the Spirit and has let the light go out. They are starting to stifle this gospel. They have started to stifle, amen, and put out the light that was given to you. We've got to get back unto the things from the beginning. That initial experience that you had from the beginning, it doesn't die. It doesn't go away. It's new every morning. It should be excited in you. As David says, you should be able to run through a troop and leap over a wall. It should be something that swells up inside of you. That when you're down low, that you know I can lift up holy hands and begin to magnify the Lord. There should be something that gets inside of you that lets you know that God is on the inside working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. There should be something that gets a hold of you that won't let you go. There should be something that grabs you by the neck now and begin to say, come on, let's dance, let's shout, let's run, let's leap. Let's be excited about what the Lord has done. When they received the experience, the Bible says they spilled out into the streets and everyone confound because they heard them speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We need to have that same experience all over again. I want to leap for joy. I want to run. I want to tell of the joy since he came. I want to tell of his power every day and every hour. I want to tell of that wonderful name. I want Pentecost. I want that day that changed the world in me every day. I want to turn my world upside down. Praise God. Hallelujah. For the promise is to you. And to your children and all that are far off, even as the many, as the Lord our God shall call. With many other words did he testify and exalt, saying, save yourselves from this untowards generation. And they that gladly received this word was baptized. And they were added unto them about three, the same day, about three thousand souls. And they continue steadfast 
in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, and breaking of bread and prayer. The day that changed the world. This day is the day that changed us. Pentecost, your personal Pentecost. It changed us. Think about it. It changed your world. It changed your world. Amen. That's why the world is not your home. (laughs) You are a new creature in Christ. Praise God. The Lord said to Jeremiah, my people has committed two evils. They left me the fountain of living water, and they've holed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Amen. We don't go from him. Amen. We renew and restore ourselves in Jesus Christ. Amen. The newness of life. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, there's power. There's one to work in power in the blood of the Lamb. Would you be free, the songwriter said, from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Would you live daily? His praises to sing. There's power in the blood. There's wonder, wonder, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Come on, let's walk right into the holies of of holies this morning. Hallelujah. Amen. Why don't you just renew that gift all over again? Praise God. Praise God. Would you be free? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in this life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood, is in the blood. Oh, of the Lamb, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood, would you, O Viva, your victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be free from your passion and pride? There's power in the blood. Oh, yes, power in the blood. Come for a cleanse into Calvary's side. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. 
Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Sin stains are lost in this life-giving flow. There's wonderful power in the blood. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. Well, there is power, power, wonder, and power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Well, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Oh, there is power, power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, I thank you for that power, God. I thank you for that Holy Ghost power. I thank you for the truth of your word, God. I'm thankful, Lord, that you pour out your spirit upon all flesh, oh God. Oh, I am so thankful, Lord God, for this glorious Pentecost day. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, God, I praise you. Oh, God, I magnify you. I thank you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, I bless your glorious name, oh, Lord. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, Lord.